0: Live from ClickOrlando.com, this is
1: News 6 and... This is a News 6 Plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's Fourth Estate. Sponsored by Light Orlando, delivering hope together. For many, summer vacation meant summer travel, but for two UCF students, it meant spending time on the border. They just want their kids and them to have a
2: better opportunity for a better life
1: filming a documentary
2: and helping where they could.
1: I don't know about you, but during my summer breaks, I did not spend it doing, uh, that kind of work. These two UCF students, who you're going to meet a little bit later on, are just phenomenal young people, and I feel good about the future of our country. Yeah. Uh, this is Florida's Fourth Estate. So glad you're with us. I'm Ginger Gadsden. Hey,
3: I'm glad you're here too. I'm, somehow I'm here. I promised myself I would never do this podcast in a suit. Yet today, <laughs> here I you're am. In a suit. If you're just listening, I am in a suit, but you know what? <laughs> Florida's Fourth Estate, don't miss slot, okay? Don't that is miss a, slot. That's a news term. <laughs> <laughs> where if you miss slot if you're supposed to be live you're yeah. supposed to be you know in your place for the show live. and you're late <laughs> You miss slot, so Florida's 4th Estate, I don't care if I've got to be in a thong here on the show, oh, we do not miss We slot.
1: care about that, because ne- you're missing everything.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's right, we're glad to have you with us uh, for another edition of Florida's 4th Estate before we get to those uh, amazing college students who went out uh, to serve and to learn some things at the border. We have our big headlines uh, that we're talking about for the week, and there was a story that really captured everybody's attention, everybody... In the Nation was talking about it as two Orlando police officers were shot near the end of last week. And as this story has progressed, we've seen where mistakes were made and now fingers are being pointed. Okay, there's several places where this guy, his name's Dayton Veal, had the opportunity to be arrested. To be brought in so th- there was this situation right here where UCF police had pulled him over they figured out his car was attached to him and so when they pulled him over they figured out he had a warrant out and they chase him around they don't take his keys and somehow he just ends up getting away from them getting back to his car and speeding off okay so that is one area where people are like well maybe he should have been caught there but that's that's a tough situation, Ginger, where people are kind of you know just reacting.
1: Of course, um, we can all you know Monday morning quarterback.
3: For sure, and but there were several other as we've continued to learn more and more about this story. There were several other times when he could have been maybe put into jail so he wasn't hurting people. So he there was another situation, Ginger, where he was accused of doing some terrible things to a 14-year-old oh. girl, which I don't really want to talk about on our yeah. podcast in yeah. case your kids are listening to this. Um, but he, this happened while he was on probation for another string of incidents in Georgia. And instead of keeping this guy locked up, so again, this is a terrible situation where his DNA was found uh, with this young girl— yeah. And he's bonds out, so a lot of people are looking at State Attorney Monique Worrell like why was he able to bond out with such evidence pointing at him while he was already on probation for a few other things, specifically yeah. some bad stuff in Georgia? So he gets out on bond, right? And then <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry to, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. So that, so there you can kind of point at the state attorney. And that's where Governor Ron DeSantis is saying, oh, it's the the state attorney messed up. Well, there was another situation where this guy had a warrant out for his arrest from Georgia while he's wearing an ankle monitor on for six weeks. And for some reason, the Department of Corrections, which is run by the state, which is overseen by Governor DeSantis, They had six weeks where this guy had an ankle monitor on and a warrant. They did not go and get him. So several points in this process, Ginger. This guy could have been put away and would have not hurt those police officers. And it seems like... There were some failures going on in our state at several different levels. And now everybody's pointing the finger at each other.
1: Well, there's enough blame to go around, which is why everyone's pointing the finger at at someone else. It it just seems like it was a series, a comedy of errors, one after the other. And this guy, Dayton Veal, who we're talking about, he could have just laid low because he got lucky on so many accounts, right? He just escaped one thing after the other that you would think. It's like, okay, you know what? I've done some bad stuff. I'm just going to live right now. But he didn't. And the thing that really got everyone's attention is when he shot those two police officers. And thank goodness they are still alive and still with us. Uh, Mr. Veal is not because he was killed during that confrontation. SWAT team but down. just, yeah, just mm-hmm. so much blame to go around. And it really does make you scratch your head and question, like, why was this guy even out on the streets in the first place? All right, moving on to our next story. It's a, it's a much lighter story, but it still involves crime, but we just don't know who's responsible for <laughs> it yet. Can you imagine, you're the mayor of a big city like Tampa, uh, <laughs> and you're in the Florida Keys, and you're with your family, and you're fishing, and you catch something that it looks like a square grouper? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well we don't have to imagine that actually happened to tampa mayor jane castor she was with her family fishing in the florida keys and she you know she's a former police chief we should say that (laughs) uh, also so you know she's got a a good eye she sees this thing it's about it's in a package about the size of a microwave and she sees it and she's like let me just wheel wheel that in there reel it in and so she reels it in and it's like what in the world? Katsu, she goes. Oh, that's that's definitely cocaine. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the packages, we were wondering. It's like it's got butterflies what? on I mean, it. It's, it's like, oh, why does they it? have
3: a branding manager at this <laughs> cocaine facility? <laughs> What's going well, on? Where's
1: the facility? Where did this <laughs> cocaine come from? And it is worth a lot of money. And someone is probably out there looking for it right now. Um, the mayor says, if you can identify it, <laughs> please
3: come to the police let, station. Let her know. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's not funny, but it's crazy. We have had several instances, Matt, of drugs washing up on Florida beaches. So, you know, that's where the drug dealers are. They're in the boats and sometimes... They don't stay in the boat?
3: Right. Yeah, or if a... they're, they're starting to get popped by the Coast Guard or something. Yeah, that's what yeah. the first thing to go overboard is. It's the $1.1 million in cocaine that they're 70 carrying. pounds. 70, 70 pounds, pounds of cocaine. Yeah, yeah, that was
1: a giant that grouper. It's
3: quite the catch. Now, I think it's funny because I just to picture a mayor uh, finding all this cocaine, and she goes, you know, my family was concerned. Like, oh my gosh, what if they think it's ours? <laughs> so I guess you... <laughs> You, you are thinking like uh, when you call the police. I found this cocaine. I didn't make it, and I'm not trying to sell it. But it is kind of an awkward thing when you're the mayor.
1: Well, I of think Tampa. the fact that she called, <laughs> if you're calling, it, it's probably not. Yeah, it's, it's probably, probably a good not clue. gonna be yours. But maybe you know,
3: that's what they want you to think. I, I don't know uh, well, Yeah, no, she's <laughs> uh,
1: she's got a great record, great record. But it was just one of those stories. that's like of all people to find it. You know, what right. would have? What if someone else? Had found it, what would they have done with it?
3: They would have had a big old party. No, over I don't, there I in don't Tampa know. I don't know. It's like, hey. <laughs> they might have money. tried to sell. Yeah, it. I don't exactly, know. Exactly. $1.1 $1. $1. $1 million. That is what? That is. But it's not that much, really. Oh, well, well, relatively not, not speaking. Not compared to the mega billions mm. drawing. So $1.58 million. And you knew.
1: No, oh, billion.
3: What I say? Million? Million. I'm million.
0: Sorry. I can't billion. even grasp
3: $1.58 million so 1.5 billion they won 12 dollars <laughs> in the mega million of course it took place at a Publix in florida kind of up there near jacksonville
1: duval county
3: duval that's how you have to say it by the way yeah they won i don't know it's one person they're not i mean maybe somebody was buying for uh know. their whole you know their whole workplace or something but this is one ticket and uh, they they It wasn't our workplace.
1: We were in. A, we have a a pool going.
3: Yeah, I don't get but. in that thing. Yeah, no. So you know, so here's the deal: if you guys ever win the pool and you're all out of here, guess who's more valuable to old Channel Six? Good. This guy right. <laughs> While you're on the beach, (laughs) sipping your pina colada.
1: Let's turn on that valuable news. I'm going to be working
3: my buns off trying to replace 40 people at the news station. Maybe it's not. I haven't really thought it out that well. Uh, Okay, we have an amazing story for you coming up. Some college students, they're not vacationing the way a lot of people like to, sipping that sangria. They're out there headed to the border trying to learn some things and help some people meet them, the students from UCF, right after the break.
0: complain about assignments in school, complain about finals or having to work a job during school, but you know, people that we saw there would would do anything to have that opportunity that I have. Two
1: UCF students spent their summer break learning a lot about life for families on the US Mexico border. They just want their kids and them to have a
2: better opportunity for a better life. Filming a documentary. Just
1: get what you need and helping where they could. Ian and Amy, thank you for joining us for Florida's Fourth Estate. My first question is, what made you guys decide that this is what you were going to tackle?
2: Um, So what made me want to go on this trip was, a lot of it was um, a personal connection. I come from a family of immigrants um, and just seeing the mismatch of information going on for honestly years um i just kind of wanted to go and see for you know and see it myself and then as a journalist i wanted to do it because i felt like that was a one in a lifetime experience to go out and, and go to a completely different state a completely different city where there's a whole a whole you know busload of problems that we don't face here in florida Um, and how to tackle that as a journalist going for the first time that, you know, we have to get everything that one week. Um, So,
3: yeah. Yeah. Ian, what about you? Why did you want to do this?
0: Uh, For me, it's, you know, similar to Amy. I mean, uh, it's a personal connection because basically all the students that went, because it wasn't just me and Amy, it was, I think, two or three other ones, maybe three or four, but we all had some type of personal connection to this issue. And, you know, even though we're in Florida and we're far away from the border, we have family that or we have family that um, has come here from Central America or, you know, from other countries. And for me, it was very much a personal thing. And just, you know, being able to kind of experience that and, and and take that into what I want to do as a career, kind of like a motivator, you know? So it was very good opportunity for me. And I felt like, I just felt like the urge, like, to go.
3: So when you got there, what did you see? Did uh, you probably, everybody seems to have one thing going into this that they're expecting. Did what you expect to see actually happen, Amy?
2: Um, No. So when we went to the border wall, the first time we went twice. And the first time we went, I was, I was kind of expecting to see the same on both sides. Um, You kind of just like a deserted area, kind of what you're seeing there. Um, But when you look to the other side, the Mexico side, there's families that are living right up on that border wall. Um And they come up to you and they talk to you. And I mean, they that's their place, that's their home. There's a supermarket a little bit, a few blocks down. I mean, it is a community there. And I, I just think that before that, I really didn't think that anyone lived, you know, on the Mexico side, they lived so close to the border because of everything going on.
3: Yeah, Ian, what did, what did you find uh, when you got there? You
0: know, it was very interesting because you're just separated by this man-made marker, but it's just like lack of opportunity on the other side. but. You know like being in university and having the privilege to be able to get a college education that many people literally like a stone's throw away from you don't have it's just it's interesting
1: when you are able to go and see something like this and see the opportunity literally on the other side of the fence they could touch you guys which represents opportunity how and and ian i'll ask you first how did that change you
0: The son of an immigrant that came from mexico it's not foreign to me you know the type of like being grateful for what you have in this country and things like that but you know it's it's harder to see because i haven't seen exactly what my dad went through to get here and what my dad went through to be able to get citizenship here but i feel like going there made me more conscientious and more you know hands-on being able to see with your own two eyes being able to to touch the fence and being able to just understand better why I've been raised like that why you know I just need to be more grateful for what I have here and it's just certain things like you complain about assignments in school complain about finals or having to work a job during school but you know people that we saw there would would do anything to have that opportunity that I have so I think that's just something something really important that I took away from this trip
3: Yeah, and we saw you guys out there not just covering this, but serving the community. And that probably gives you an extra little bit to be able to speak with them and figure out these are families out there, Amy. Tell us a story from maybe somebody you got to speak to or spend a little time with.
2: Yeah, so I think it was day three or four, we visited a shelter that was for families, and we got to take um, some toys for the kids and kind of spend time with them and play with them. And I got to talk to a lot of parents, um, and they were asking me what my connection was to this. And I explained to them my parents came from Cuba, and that um, my my boyfriend's an immigrant from Cuba from a few years ago. And they were just so shocked that somebody who you know a child of two immigrants could come to this country. And I, I study, I'm I'm in school, and I'm getting to do this big trip and all this stuff. And they were like, oh, I hope I get that for mo- my kids. Mm. um And that made me emotional because that was, that's, it kind of simplified almost everything for me because that's what they, that's what they really want. It's actually the most simplest thing. They just want their kids and them to have a better opportunity for a better life. Um, And it's the same, it's been the same reasons for years. It's the same reasons my parents came 20 years ago. And it's Mm -hmm. the same reason people are still coming.
3: I heard there was a moment in this trip in which your professor, Professor Brunson, uh, who Mm. went with you guys, got pretty emotional. He doesn't come across to me, I've met him a few times, as a very emotional guy. Can you tell me about that point in the trip, Amy? Uh,
2: Yeah, that was at a... um, service office that they they take in migrants um, that are coming through and help them basically get where they're going. Um, But it is open to family. Some shelters are open to just single individuals and then others are open to family. That one was open to children and family. Um, And I think everyone kind of got really quiet when we got into that room where Brunson got emotional. Um, because it was just, it was kind of their stock room where they keep like baby (laughs) shoes and diapers and toiletries and all this stuff. Um, I think everybody got quiet in that room, um, Mm. because it just put it into perspective that thousands of kids and and parents are going through these, you know, as just a stop in their journey, but it's making such an impact on them.
3: And you only have what you have on your back or you're carrying in your hands. It's hard to imagine, Ginger.
1: You no, know, but it it just uh, shows you the humanity in that situation, and they just want to be seen as people because that's they are people. And when you can put a face like you know Amy and and Ian there, I think it it softens the situation and it gives those people so much hope. You know, when you come back from vacation, sometimes it, for me specifically, if I a great time, you you think about what you the things you saw and experienced. What is it that uh, Ian, that you still constantly think about that you cannot get out of your mind after spending a week in El Paso?
0: I talked to people at the same shelter that Amy was talking about. I talked to two of two of the guys. They were um, their kids were playing around with uh, some of some of us that were there, and I, I was just kind of chilling, just staying back. And then these guys like struck up a conversation with me, and you know, it was just their stories of you know, like it's hard to think about. Because they told me they started in Venezuela and walked from Venezuela up into Mexico. And it's just with kids, with a family, just walking up there. Like, it, it's hard to even imagine that happening.
3: So I can't imagine... Uh, walking from Venezuela that is uh, unreal so what how can people is there a way people can see this work what is the what is the ultimate plan Amy for you guys to do with this video and the story that you have to tell
2: so this is a part of a program at UCF that creates immersive learning so a lot Mm. of the footage is going to be used we're just one team and that's part of that big project Um, and What this video is going to be used for is it's going to be put into a documentary um, called A Break for Impact. This is the fourth phase of it. I believe all three other phases are already out. Um, And then also, in addition to that, it's going to be used in several classes for criminal justice, for human trafficking, for uh, immigration law, um, and for journalism. And it's going to be used to teach students in a more immersive way um, what it's like, out there, what it's like to report on this kind of um, situation, what it's like to be there, boots on the ground, you know, and then on top of that, what it's really like, our leader of this whole thing, um, Professor Pons, she is a immigration lawyer, and she uses this in her classroom to show that you can know all the papers and you can know all of the statutes and all of the laws, but What's really happening on the ground is what's gonna make a difference for those migrants.
1: I don't know about you, Matt, but I feel really good about the state of our our nation. And I, I know there are more young, bright students like you up and coming. So thank you guys for being such great representatives. And thank you for watching Florida's fourth estate. You can download it from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News Six Plus.